Chapter 127 of the Autobiography of Benvenuto Cellini, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Benvenuto Cellini, Volume 1. Translated by John Eddington Simons. Chapter 127. A few days had passed when the Cardinal of Ferrara arrived in Rome. He went to pay his respects to the Pope, and the Pope detained him up to supper time. Now the Pope was a man of great talent for affairs, and he wanted to talk at his ease with the Cardinal about French politics. Everybody knows that folk, when they are feasting together, say things which they would otherwise retain. This therefore happened. The great King Francis was most frank and liberal in all his dealings, and the cardinal was well acquainted with his temper. Therefore the latter could indulge the Pope beyond his boldest expectations. This raised his holiness to a high pitch of merriment and gladness, all the more because he was accustomed to drink freely once a week, and went indeed to vomit after his indulgence. When therefore the cardinal observed that the Pope was well disposed and ripe to grant favours. He begged for me at the King's demand, pressing the matter hotly, and proving that His Majesty had it much at heart. Upon this the Pope laughed aloud. He felt the moment for his vomit at hand. The excessive quantity of wine which he had drunk was also operating, so he said, On the spot, this instant, you shall take him to your house. Then, having given express orders to this purpose, he rose from the table. The cardinal immediately sent for me, before Signor Pierluigi could get wind of the affair, for it was certain that he would not have allowed me to be loosed from prison. The Pope's mandatory came together with two great gentlemen of the cardinals, and when four o'clock of the night was passed, they removed me from my prison and brought me into the presence of the cardinal who received me with indescribable kindness. I was well lodged and left to enjoy the comforts of my situation. Messer Antonio, the old castellan's brother, and his successor in the office, insisted on extracting from me the costs for food and other fees and perquisities claimed by sheriffs and such fry, paying no heed to his predecessor's will in my behalf. This affair cost me several scores of crowns, but I paid them, because the cardinal told me to be well upon my guard if I wanted to preserve my life, adding that had he not extracted me that evening from the prison, I should never have got out. Indeed, he had already been informed that the Pope greatly regretted having let me go. This Capitolo I write to Luca Martin, addressing him in it as will appear. Whoso would know the power of God's dominion, and how a man resembles that high good, must lie in prison, in my firm opinion. On grievous thoughts and cares of home must brood, oppressed with carking pains in flesh and bone, far from his native land, full many a road. If you would fain by worthy deeds be known, Seek to be prisoned without cause, lie long, 
and find no friend to listen to your moan. See that men rob you of your all by wrong, and perils to your life be used with force, hopeless of help by brutal foes and strong. Be driven at length to some mad, desperate course, burst from your dungeon, leap the castle wall, recaptured, find the prison ten times worse. Now listen, Luca, to the best of all. Your leg's been broken, you've been bought and sold, your dungeon's dripping, you've no cloak or shawl. Never one friendly word, your victuals cold, are brought with sorry news by some base groom, of proto-soldier, now druggist of old. Mark well how glory steeps her sons in gloom. You have no seat to sit on, save the stool. Yet were you active from your mother's womb. The knave who serves has orders strict and cool. To list no word you utter, give you no. Scarcely to ope the door, such is their rule. These toys has glory for her nursling wrought. No paper, pence, ink, fire, or tools of steel to exercise the quick brain's teeming thought. Alack, that I so little can reveal, fancy one hundred for each separate ill, full space and place I've left for prison wheel. But now my former purpose to fulfil, and sing the dungeon's praise with honour due, for this angelic tongues were scant of skill. Here never languish honest men and true, except by placement's fraud, misgovernment, Jealousies, anger, or some spiteful crew. To tell the truth, whereon my mind is bent, Here man knows God, nor ever stints to pray, Feeling his soul with hell's fierce anguish rent. Let one be famed as bad as mortal may, Send him in jail to sorry years to pine, He'll come forth holy, wise, beloved alway. Here soul, flesh, closes their substance gross refine, each bulky load grows light like grossamir. Celestial thrones before purge eyeballs shine. I'll tell thee a great marvel, friend, give ear. The fancy took me on one day to write. Learn now what shifts one may be put to hear. My cell I search, prick brows and hair upright, then turn me toward a cranny in the door, and with my teeth a splinter disunite. Next find I piece of brick upon the floor, Crumble apart thereof to powder small, And from a paste by sprinkling water o'er. Then, then came poesy, with fiery call, Into my carcass by the way methought, Whence bread goes forth, there was none else at all. Now to return unto my primal thought, Who wills to know what weal awaits he must, First learn the ill, that God for him has wrought. The jail contains all arts in act and trust. Should you but hanker after surgeon's skill, twill draw the spoiled blood from your veins a dust. Next there is something in itself that will make you write eloquent, a bold brave spark, big with high soaring thought for good and ill. Blessed is the man who lies in dungeon dark, Languishing many a month, then takes his flight. Of war, truth, peace, he knows, and tells the mark. Needs be that all things turned his delight. The jail has crammed his brains so full of wit. They'll dance no morris to upset the white. 
Perchance thought urge, sing how thy life did flit, nor is it true the jail can teach thee lore, to fill thy breast and heart with strength of it. Nay, for myself I'll ever praise it more, yet would I like one law past, that the man whose acts deserve it should not scape this score. Whoso hath gotten the poor folk in ban, I'd make him learn those lessons of the jail, for then he'd know all a good ruler can. He'd act like men who weighed by reason's scale, nor dare to swerve from truth and right aside, nor would confusion in the realm prevail. While I was bound in prison to abide, poison of priests, friars, soldiers I could see, but those who best deserved it least I spied. Ah, could you know what rage came o'er me, when for such rogues the jail relaxed her hold? This makes one weep that one was born to be. I'll add no more. Now I am become fine gold. Such gold as none flings lightly to the wind, fit for the best work I shall ever behold. Another point has passed into my mind, which I have not told thee, Luca, where I wrote, was in the book of one our kith and kind. There down the margins I was wont to note, each torment grim that crushed me like a vice, the paste my hurrying thoughts could hardly float. To make an O, I dipped the splinter thrice in that sick mud, worse woe could scarcely grind, spirits in hell debarred from paradise. Seeing I'm not the first by fraud confined, this I'll omit, and once more seek the cell, wherein I rack for rage both heart and mind. I praise it more than other tongues will tell, and for advice to such as do not know, swear that without it none can labor well. Yet, oh, for one like him I learn but now, who'd cry to me as by Bethesda's shore, Take thy clothes, Benvenuto, rise, and go. Credo, I sing, salve Regina's poor, and paternosters, alms I then bestow, morn after morn on blink folk, lame and poor. Ah, me, how many a time my cheek must grow, blanched by those lilies, shall I then forswear, Florence and France through them for evermore. If to the hospital I come, and fair, find the annunciata limbed, I'll fly, else shall I show myself a brute beast there. These words flout not her worshipped sanctity, nor those her lilies glorious, holy, pure, the which illumine earth and heaven high. But for I find at every coin obscure base lilies which spread hooks where flowers should blow, needs must I fear, lest these to rhine lure. To think how many walk like me in woe, born what, how slave to serve that hateful sign, Souls lively, graceful, like to God's beloved. I saw that lethal heraldry decline, From heaven like lightning among people wane, Then on the stone I saw strange luster shine. The castle's bell must break ere I was strain, Thence issued, and these things, who speaketh true, In heaven on earth, to me made wondrous plain. Next I beheld a beer of sombre hue, Adorned with broken lilies, crosses tears, And on their beds a lost woe-stricken crew. 
I saw the death who racks our souls with fears. This man and that she menaced while she cried. I clip the folk who harm thee with these shears. That worthy one, then on my brow wrote wide, with Peter's pen, words, which, for he bade shun, to speak them thrice, within my breast I hide. Him I beheld who drives and checks the sun, clad with its splendors mid his court on high, seld seen by mortal eyes, if ever by one. Then did a solitary sparrow cry, loud from the keep, hearing which note I said, He tells that I shall live, and you must die. I sang and wrote my hard case head by head, asking from God pardon and aid in need, for now I felt mine eyes outworn and dead. Never lion, tiger, wolf, or bear knew greed, hungrier than that man felt for human blood, nor viper with more venomous fang did feed. The cruel chief was he of robber's brood, worst of the worst among a gang of knaves. His, I'll speak soft, lest I be understood. Say, have ye seen catchpoles, the famished slaves, in act a poor man's homestead to distrain, smashing down Christ's Madonnas with their staves? So on the first of August did that drain dislodge me to a tomb more foul, more cold. November damns and dooms each rogue to pain. I at mine ears a trumpet had which told, truth, and each word to them I did repeat, reckless, if by grief's load from me were rolled. They, when they saw their final hope retreat, gave me a diamond pounded, no fair ring, deeming that I must die if I should eat. That villain churl whose office it was to bring, my food, I bade thirst first, but meanwhile thought, not here I find my foe Durantus stink. Yet erst my mind unto high God I brought, beseeching him to pardon all my sin, and spoke a miserere sorrow fraught. Then when I gained some respite from that din of troubles, and had given my soul to God, contended better realms and stayed to win, I saw along the path which saints have trod, from heaven descending, glad with glorious palm, an angel, clear he cried, upon earth sod, live longer thou, through him who heard thy psalm, those foes shall perish, each and all in strife, while thou remainest happy, free and calm, blessed by our sire in heaven on earth for life. End of chapter 127 End of The Autobiography of Benvenuto Cellini Volume 1